Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I'm so thankful to have you here with me today. Hey, if you have gotten my book, my new book, Goodness Culture, Recovering the Essence of Eden, and you have a testimony to share from reading it, would you please send that to me? You can do that over social media. You can email me, rachel at rachelwartman.com. You can go on my website, rachelwartman.com, and do like a contact us kind of thing and submit something there. But I would love to hear the way that the book is helping you in your faith or, uh, you know, ministering to you or whatever the case may be, even if you just like it. Somebody sent me a message and said, uh, I am just starting to read it. So I don't have feedback about that, but the cover and the pages feel amazing. And I was like, Hey, I'll take that. I love it. So I love hearing you guys share with me about that. So if you've got my book, please do me a favor and send me that. If you don't have a copy of my book yet, um, what are you waiting for? (laughs) And I say that with all love. If you are a podcast listener, then you're going to love the book. You're going to love what's in it. You can go to my Instagram at Rachel Wartman and you can see some clips from the book um, on my feed. You can scroll back and look at that and see, you know, what's the book talking about. I'd love for you to get a copy. Once again, we are only selling the book currently on my website, rachelwartman.com. And uh, it'll be on Amazon later this year, but I'm in no rush to make that happen. So if you want to read it, grab it from me. It ships fast. We usually get them in the mailbox within 12 hours most of the time. Um, and it'll be to you within you know a matter of days. So I'd love for you to do that and check that out. But today on the podcast, we are diving deep, 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 deep into some stuff that happens in all of our lives, but very rarely gets talked about. And I think the reason is reason right? I I think the reason why it doesn't get talked about a lot is because often we're still in the context of the people that it affects. And so it's difficult to talk about, but I want to talk today about being wounded and being betrayed. And here's the thing. I came across a podcast about almost 10 years ago now. um, And I was in a situation where I was experiencing a lot of church hurt for the first time, like a, like a, I was coming to terms with church hurt for the first time. And I say that because I think I've been hurt before, but I never really thought much about it. It just kind of felt like, you know, we get hurt in relationships and that's normal. Um, but on this particular one, it started becoming a thing about, wow, my church leaders, right? And it, it bore a different kind of weight than it had before. And I was really struggling to get past it. I was really, really struggling to find healing and to move forward. So I'll never forget, I was cleaning out my garage, listening to a sermon that I had found from one of my number one heroes, favorite spiritual people out there, Graham Cook. And uh, it's a two-hour teaching almost, so it's a doozy. And you can find it on YouTube, I believe. But this is the name of the, the title of the message. It's called, Why God Needs Wounded and Betrayed Believers why God needs wounded and betrayed believers. And the title was so thought provoking to me that I was like both, you know, really curious and drawn in and, and, and wanting to listen. And also like, ah, I don't want to listen because what if that's me? What if I'm a betrayed believer? And I would never have used that word in that way because it felt, um, 
it felt disrespectful, right? I'm talking about people who I love, I still love, who I, I, you know, was wrestling and grappling with. Am I betrayed? That feels so dramatic. But the truth is that woundedness and betrayal are a normal part of Christian life. And part of it stems to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in your biggest battle. If you haven't listened to that episode, uh, you can pause and go catch that or listen to it after this one, because your biggest battle really plays into those moments of betrayal for you. But I want to say this right off the, off the jump, just as, you know, as close to the front of this episode as I can, Jesus needs you to be wounded at least once. And when you are betrayed, you are being formed into the likeness of Christ. When you are betrayed, you are being formed into the likeness of Christ. It is a horrific formation. Nobody wants it. But if you do it right, and we're going to talk about what that looks like today, you will move forward in your faith in a way that will make you set up to be truly unstoppable. In our moments of betrayal, the enemy comes in and wants to abort and kill and destroy the fruit that God is trying to bear. Go with me here for a moment if you're familiar with the story of Judas, right? The big betrayer. Judas was hand-selected by Jesus himself. He was invited into the inner circle. Heck, he was in charge of all the money. And do you think for a moment that Jesus was surprised when Judas betrayed him? I don't think so. I don't know if Jesus knew when he said, Judas, come follow me, that he would be the betrayer, but he knew somebody would be. He knew somebody would be. And even the night of the Last Supper, right? He looks at Judas and he knows. He just feels it. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you can just feel that the person that you're in relationship with is going to go haywire and it's not going to be pretty? I've been in that situation before. It's nerve wracking, right? You're like, ah, at some point this is going to explode. And I'm just really hoping it's not as messy as I think it might be when it explodes. I believe, and I, I truly believe this. This is my opinion. There's no scripture behind this. It's just my opinion. I believe that Judas was set up to be one of the greatest redemption stories in the Bible. But he died. He killed himself before Jesus was resurrected. He missed it by like 24 hours. Had he been able to see that his betrayal actually brought about the saving of the world, I think he might have been able to forgive himself. But in his anguish and in his lack of perspective and in his pain, he went on to, to commit suicide, to, to take his own life. And in doing that, he partnered with the devil to bring destruction to what I believe God meant to bring redemption. See, Peter also denied Jesus. Peter also could we say, betrayed Jesus on that same night. And Jesus went to Peter and restored his relationship with him. And I have to believe that he had the same intention for Judas as well. Can you imagine the kind of testimony that Judas could bear to the world on behalf of Jesus and the kingdom by being the one who gave him the death kiss to the one who championed his message? Of course, we'll never get to see that part of the story because of the wounding and the pain that the enemy brought in. What that story demonstrates to us is that there's two opposing storylines in every wounding that we experience. Every single time that you are wounded, there are two opportunities. 
You can partner with what the enemy wants to do to steal and kill and destroy from your life, or you can partner with what God wants to do. What did Jesus demonstrate for us? Well, he demonstrated an otherworldly kind of moment when Judas betrayed him, when Peter took the sword and sliced the centurion's ear, and Jesus is like, that's not what's going on here. Hours later, Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's looking at the soldiers who are mocking him and hurting him. And, you know, a a pastor friend of mine said recently sexually abusing him, stripping him naked and, and harassing him. And he's looking at them and he says, Father, would you forgive them? Because they don't understand what they're doing. How can Jesus be like this? It's mind boggling, right? It defies all logic, all human instinct. It is otherworldly and it's supposed to be. So why does God need wounded and betrayed believers? What good is it to God for his people to have experienced brokenness? Well, when he says God needs these people, what he's saying is that he needs you and I to have gone through something like this. Why? Because when we've been wounded and when we've been betrayed, what happens is we actually learn to press into Jesus in a way unlike any other circumstance can draw us to the presence of God. We are formed into his likeness if we go with God through the pain that we're experiencing. We're betrayed into his likeness. It's incredibly painful, but it's absolutely essential if we're going to have longevity in the kingdom of God. A couple of things happen when we are betrayed. Number one, a real betrayal has to come from someone that you actually care about. For you to truly feel betrayed, it has to be someone that you maybe looked up to, that you felt safe with. You know, I've had people reject me in all kinds of ways. And if they're not very close to me, it just doesn't hit the same, right? It's like, well, I guess I'm not your cup of tea. Let's move on. But when somebody who's journeyed with you and walked with you and been near to you wounds you, it's a whole different bird. But what I'm saying to you is that when we go through that process, we come out on the other end understanding relationships in a fresh way if we're partnering with the Holy Spirit. When we partner with the enemy, what we do is we come out of the other side of the wounding. We're a lot more reserved. We're a lot less trusting. We're a lot more defensive. We're a lot more uh, speculative, right? We're suspicious of all the motives of the people around us. That's not from the Holy Spirit. Those are the fruits of betrayal that isn't wound is not healed yet. The wounds that aren't healed yet. So I want to read to you just a quick scripture out of Matthew chapter five, and this is part of the Beatitudes. And this is one of those scriptures that's like, what are you even saying, Jesus? And it's an opportunity for us to understand something of God and why why he could be in these moments with you. Starting in verse 40, this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 40 and 41 in the Amplified Translation. It says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also, for the Lord repays the offender. And whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Go with him too. Give to anybody who asks of you and do not turn away anyone who wants to borrow from you. If somebody wants to sue you for your shirt, give them your coat also. What? If somebody says, you know, go with me this mile, just keep going with them. What? Like there's something about Jesus. Like what does Jesus know that you and I don't know? What does Jesus know? Have you ever been sued before? 
we have a business and uh, we have a business that deals with a lot of legal things. We're in a real estate brokerage and we've seen some lawsuits come and go. And thankfully, we have not been, you know, officially sued before. We've been threatened to be sued, but not officially sued before. But it's a big deal. It costs a lot of money, right? And it's like it's offensive when somebody wants to bring a lawsuit against you and you're going, are you kidding me? We can't just settle this. And Jesus goes, yeah, let them take your coat. Now, I'm not saying you lose every lawsuit you go into. But what does Jesus know that we don't know? How can he say this? How can he say on the cross, Father, forgive them? I'm going to tell you right now, it's the perspective that changes everything And if you are going to heal through the wounds and the betrayal that you've been through, you have to have God's perspective or life won't make sense. There are a multitude of viewpoints in every situation. There is the viewpoint of God himself. There's your vantage point. There's the other person's vantage point. There's usually a third other person vantage point, you know, of a neutral party. And there's the the perspective of the enemy, what he's trying to do. Which of those is true? Which of those is the most accurate? Well, it's going to be God's opinion, but even that can be shrouded in our own challenges to hear him, right? So we have to understand how to get God's perspective. There's two types of pain that we go through in this type of a situation. The first one is pain that we've contributed to, wounding when we've contributed to the problem, right? We know we've not handled ourselves correctly. We know we we maybe lost our self-control. And, and that's that's a different kind of betrayal when we've got skin in the game. And the other kind of pain is when you did nothing wrong and the person is upset with you and wounded and, and, and you're feeling wounded and you didn't do, you know, from your perspective, you are blameless. That's a different kind of pain as well. But in both of those situations, There is healing and there is forward motion. So let's talk about some of the steps that you can take to heal. Um, Actually, before we do that, let me just say this. You know, people are with you for a season of time. And some of those seasons are longer than others, right? Some of those seasons kind of feel like they last a lifetime or with family, they do last a lifetime. Other seasons, they're they're short. If you're if you're struggling with this kind of a thing, I want to encourage you to get Darius Daniels' book, Relational Intelligence. This book was so helpful for me. I went through a really um, a really sad, wounding type experience where I didn't feel like I'd done anything wrong, but I was deeply hurt by the situation that happened. And one of the things that shifted in me was my focus on relationships as a whole. And I'm telling you a couple of years down the road now that I feel so much healthier and so much more free. And I'm not saying that because I'm in denial, right? A lot of times we're like, oh, I got that person out of my life and I'm feeling free and I'm liberated. And that's not the same thing. I feel like I could sit down with all of these people who I've been through pain with and really, truly still be free because the way that God has shifted my perspective and that book was really helpful for it. We, we have to figure out how do I let go and move on without vilifying the other person, without vilifying the other person. Guys, this is really tough, but this is the model that Jesus gives to us, right? He could be on the cross and he could say, Father, forgive them because these idiots are such, you know, pagans. They 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 love the devil and and smite them, right? No, what does he say? He says, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Friends, listen to me. The person who betrayed you does not understand what they were doing. They don't. And so for you to move forward, part of your moving forward is going to be releasing them from the burden of understanding. 
For some in a family dynamic, understanding is kind of vital to be back in relationship, right? Like, like if you've been really hurt in your marriage and your spouse refuses to understand that, well, you're going to have trouble moving forward. But every other relationship outside of the nuclear family dynamic, it is okay to move forward without the other person truly understanding. Does that mean that you trust them in the same way? You know, maybe not. But I would maybe add that the way you trusted them in the first place might not truly be good. It might have been putting too much of an expectation on that person. When we're talking about church hurt in particular, especially with pastors, a lot of times what we do is we kind of amplify the pastor's words and we forget for a moment that they're human. We forget for a moment that they're doing their best to serve Jesus, but they're still a flawed person in need of grace. And we sort of assume that what they say is the very words of God, right? Even if they think they're hearing from the Lord, sometimes the way they're hearing from the Lord isn't accurate. And yeah, I said it. I've been through it. I've been a pastor for a really long time. And I know there's times where I really, truly thought I was hearing God's voice and I was wrong. And if I can be wrong, so can everybody else. So let's talk about just a couple of steps to healing that I think might be helpful for you as we wrap up this episode. Number one, you have to learn to stop the cycle of thoughts that are going on in your mind. One of the things that happens the most when we're wounded and betrayed is we replay it over and over and over again. I think to some degree we allow ourselves to do that because we're just hoping that there'll be something new that pops out that we can understand, right? If we keep rehearsing it over and over again, maybe this time we'll understand why that happened, why they said that, what did they really mean? And I'm telling you, it usually doesn't happen like that. So if you really want to heal, you have to start taking your thoughts captive, you have to stop and interrupt the cycles of rumination that are that happen when you're just replaying those events over and over and over again in your mind. The second thing that you've got to do, listen to me, you have got to get perspective. You've got to get perspective both from Jesus and from the other person that hurt you. Sometimes we allow things to hurt us and the 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 information is just garbage. It's like not even good wisdom and it hurts us anyway, right? So have a trusted friend, tell them everything and and get their perspective on it. Not just, you know, like wallowing in the sadness together, but really asking them, am I looking at this incorrectly? What am I missing? I think this is what that scripture about walking the 2 miles instead of the 1 is kind of pointing to, right? That, that there's things that you might not understand about that person's life that caused them to be this way. It might have nothing to do with you, even though you were the one bearing the brunt of their words in that moment. So number one, stop the cycle of thought. Take your thoughts captive. Number two, get perspective. And the, the best way to do this is to try to see from their eyes. When I was going through a process of trying to forgive somebody who had really, really hurt me a long time ago, I had probably forgiven them. I actually did the math on 70 times seven and I was like counting up how many times I'd forgiven. And I was saying to the Lord, I think I'm there. You know, what else can I do? I have forgiven this person so many times and it's like, I still need to forgive and I don't know what to do. And the Lord began to talk to me and say, look, this person is carrying so much pain. And I was like, yeah, but so then do I have to be their punching bag for the rest of my life? You know, do I have to be their punching bag forever and and the brunt of all of this dysfunction? And God's like, no, you don't. But in your ability to see their pain, you might be able to forgive. You might be able to forgive them for coming into agreement with what the enemy wants to do. 
and boundaries are important. And in this particular situation, there was a lot of boundaries that were placed after this, but it really did help me to say, you know what, this person is a broken person and they are not able to fulfill the role that I wanted them to play in my life. And I can set some boundaries here and I can forgive them for agreeing with the enemy to bring frustration and pain into my life. So number one, we're going to take our thoughts captive. Number two, we're going to get perspective. And number three, we're going to find Jesus in the now. Find Jesus in the now of your life. What is Jesus doing right now? I am telling you, when you are wounded and when you are betrayed, you are being invited into encounters with the person of Jesus who knows betrayal unlike any other. You have to spend time with him. You have to let him speak to you. You have to read his words and and let them bear weight in your soul. You have to allow him to wash you with his blood. Otherwise, you're just listening to the, the voice of the enemy. You're creating a villain out of a situation that God wants to use to grow you. I'm not saying God created the situation. I'm not saying God needs wounded and believe, you know, betrayed believers. And so he creates those dynamics. I'm saying he knows it's going to happen because of the fall, because of sin. He knows it's going to happen. And so he capitalizes on it for your good, because that's how good he is. He's like, look, you can wallow around in this as the enemy wants you to do, or you can let this be something that catapulted you in your faith to deeper places than you ever thought you could go. And I'm choosing that option. Fourth and final thing that you can do is move forward in boldness, not denial. In boldness and not denial. Here's what happens. Sometimes we get a different landscape, right? Very natural thing. You go through a a big wounding and you're like, I need to heal and I need to heal somewhere other than here. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this play out in my life. I mean, countless number. But the problem is that Often, not always, but often, when the person goes to a new landscape, a new scenery, a new community, a new, you know, city even, they're not leaving behind the pain. The pain is going with them. And so we can have this illusion that we're moving forward while our spirit is still sort of entangled with the things of the previous place. I've experienced this in my own life as well, you guys, so I know it to be true. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't move on. Not necessarily. I think you have to be obedient. And sometimes God does call us to move on even when it doesn't make sense. And it feels to everybody else like we're running away. But in that place, you have to be the one to steward and capitalize what your growth needs and doing it in boldness, not in denial. So because we're in a new place, because people might not know the fullness of what we had experienced and the pain that we experienced and the dynamic of the people who caused us pain. We can just kind of be in denial that it happened, right? But man, I'm telling you, a little bit of infection is able to kill the whole body over time. We don't want to be in denial. We don't want to kid ourselves that we're moving forward just because we've made a, a literal change in our life. I've watched this in myself. I've watched this in other people. And I have watched people who have made a literal change and it's been the best thing for them. And they needed to be out of the dynamic they were in because for them, they were not able to move forward. And and so that's why I'm saying you got to hear the Lord. You got to get his perspective, but you got to move forward in boldness, knowing that God wants you to heal. So quick recap on these four things. Number one, stop the cycle of thoughts. Take your thoughts captive. Number two, get perspective. 
get perspective. And number three, find Jesus in the now. What is it that God is doing in you right now? And number four, move forward in boldness, not denial. Look, we could talk about this, you know, no wonder that Graham Cook teaching was two hours long, right? We could talk about this all day because it's it's juicy, it's needed, it's it's intense, and it's personal. And we've all been through situations like this. I want to say to you, and I want to bless you with the ability to heal from whatever you feel wounded by right now. I want to say to you that life is too short and time is too precious to walk around with knives in your back, to walk around with pain in your soul that isn't healed. And I'm not trying to say that there's some quick fix in this, guys. It's not a quick fix, but it is a fix. Does this make sense? It's like God isn't just going to snap his fingers and everything's fine and you can have perspective. But in the day to day, going to Jesus and opening up to him and talking about it and letting him heal your soul, you will be able to move forward. Graham ended his teaching with what I thought to be the most offensive thing I'd ever heard at that point in time. And he said, you'll know that you're healed when you, when you can give money to the person who betrayed you. He, I think he used the phrase, like the analogy, when you can kiss the hand that slapped you in the face. When your heart is at a place where you can actually invest in what God is doing in that person, despite what they did to you. Now, I understand when I heard that the first time it took me probably a full year to really think about to actually come to a place of understanding. So I'm just being honest. I know that's like a deeply offensive statement. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's the be all end all benchmark that you're healed. But you know what? For me, it became it became a thing. Okay, can I get behind what they're doing? Can I get behind what they're doing with the Lord? Can I get myself to a place where I can believe that God will bless them and God is using them and God will give them second chances just like he's doing for me? Can I get to that place where I would even consider investing in that second chance? That's deep, friends. That's walking a second mile. That's not just being sued for your shirt, but throwing in your coat too. That's Jesus. And I really want to encourage you, wrestle with that, grapple with that. And, and don't settle. Don't settle for a half-healed heart. Go all the way. I hope this was helpful for you guys. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.